overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three, he's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed, and so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, this is Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston postgame show after each and every football and men's basketball show. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for this episode, which is Star Pizza, with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has had free delivery since 1976. We're coming off the heels of number four-ranked Houston's toughest test, at least up to this point, in the Halal Guys challenge against the Texas A&M Aggies and it was the Cougars coming out victorious 70 to 66 although it was far from pretty it was a tale of two halves for Houston and really the difference in that second half was obviously of course for the Aggies Wade Taylor that just caught fire in that second half he only had eight points in the first half at halftime he had 26 26 points in the second half, 7 of 16 shooting, hit 6 out of the 12 threes that he shot, and it gave Houston all kinds of headaches. But joining me, as always, Dayon Dunlap. Dayon, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing well. What a game. Just what a game. Taylor caught fire. It's a lot to get into, but I'm doing well. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. Obviously, the most important thing from the game is that Houston found a way to win. They hanged on, and that's what good teams do. And coming out victorious, Houston now improved to 11-0 and on the season. Only two non-conference games left on the schedule, that being this upcoming Thursday, the next one for Houston against Texas State. But let's talk about this game against the Aggies. Like I mentioned, the first half, completely different script for the Houston Cougars. And, well, after the first five, Five minutes or so, first four minutes, the Texas A&M Aggies jumped out to a 7 nothing early spark. But I think what Houston did really well from that point onward up to halftime was just the defensive intensity. They locked down Texas A&M to close down the half. They held them to 23 points at halftime. Texas A&M had to work hard for every single basket that they got. The Cougars were doing a good job finishing possessions and don't give credit to Houston offensively. They did a good job of running up and down the court when they would get those rebounds. It was a lot of time things that, um, that for like, let me get that number specifically, but in the first half, Houston fast break points. They had 10 fast break points to just Texas A&M's two. And that was a big reason why they were able to build that 38 to 23 point lead at halftime. And that was not the case in the second half. Houston only one fast break point in that second half. So obviously the Aggies adjusted, but let's talk about the game. Cause like I said, they found a way to win, which is the most important thing, but Second half, a lot of headaches and, you know, a, a couple of different areas where I don't even necessarily expose not might, might not be the right word, but we got to see Houston and down the stretch um, how they would execute in a pressure situation. And Jamal Shedd, Emmanuel Sharp, they showed out big time down the stretch in this game. Yeah, let's just start with the first half. I think, um, like you said, one of the main differences not only was the defense intensity intensity that Houston played with, and they were contesting every shot, making everything tough for Texas A&M. 
and they're using defense to ignite their offense, get out in transition, like you said, 10 fast break points. And getting those unscripted points, I think, is what this Houston Cougars team is at their best at when they're playing fast break and getting it, getting out in transition. Then, like you said, in the second half, only one transition break, one, one transition point. And when the game slows down like that, and that's what I talked about in previous episodes, I wanted to see in pressure situations like that, who is Coach Sampson going to get the ball to? And you see, I think the score was 57-51. At the time, Coach Sampson went back-to-back isolations, four down with Jamal at the top. And also I mentioned with the lineup with Jamal, LJ, and Emmanuel, Jamal really is the only – the best player that can get his – points off the dribble and so you look when the game slowed down Houston went most of it was either pick and roll or isolation with Jamal because of in the half court set you got to find a way to beat somebody off the dribble or or get a, a pick and roll and so that's one thing I stood out but the boards it was a battle of the boards both teams was tenacious on the reboundings I mean it seems like every rebound was, was a fight to get to I mean number one team it feels like Houston is the top two teams I would say I think AM came in number one but seeing Houston was right there with them and the re- rebounding total was even but transition Houston is, is their best but when the game slows down I was wanting to see what Houston does because when Damian's not on the floor if it's just Jamal with LJ and Emmanuel and Emmanuel really it's a lot of um he really really stepped up he really he's continuing to evolve he's more than just a three-point shooter he's showing time and time again that he can get his off the dribble in regards to attacking the closeout. He's really d- doing a good job this year attacking closeout and, and making the defense rotate and also making plays. Jay one had a big play as well off the dribble. Defense was sagging off him at the free throw line, daring him to shoot the free throw. He attacked the space and, and created a three. I think put Houston up either five or six at the at the time in the second half. You said the rebounding battle was dead even, and you're not exaggerating. Both teams finished with 37 rebounds for the game. It was the, that type of contest. Um, but joining us, he was at the Toyota Center for the Halaga Showcase. Or what, what was the actual name of the event? Was it the showcase or the challenge between uh, Houston, Texas A&M, and then obviously, of course, UT and LSU? By the way, we got to talk about Texas A&M, or not Texas A&M, the Toyota Center and the charging, the parking charge that they had for uh, the media that covered the event, but I digress. That's not important. Chris, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing okay. You know, you took touched on the parking the media had to pay to park. I parked on the street, but I'm surprised you mentioned the, uh, the sponsor of the, the double hitter there. They're not to promote the event. So it was just double hitter to Toyota Center as far as I'm concerned. That, hey, right? I think business is business. I'm I'm just being real. You know, they did feed us at halftime. I, I, I think with uh they received some negative flack because that was word early in the week that that was not gonna be the case. But we had some food at uh, halftime. It was good, but I'm not gonna give them plugs unnecessarily. So we just call it the MT at the Toyota Center that included the Houston Cougars and Texas A&M Aggies. But Chris, when on all seriousness, when it comes to the topic of the the game in itself, uh, a good test for Houston, specifically when it came to the second half, they had to battle through adversity and found they Houston found a way to win. Which again, here the old saying is kind of cliche where good teams they figure out a way to win because every every game's not necessarily going to be pretty that Houston's kind of had the first ten games of the season and kind of the old saying that the 
head assistant in Kellen Sampson always says, at least he sometimes tweets out for road games, all road all road games are street fights. Well, this neutral site game was a street fight for both teams. And again, Cougars showed their toughness. They showed their mental poise, fortitude, because, I mean, down the stretch, you could feel the momentum uh changing over the course as the the minutes ticked down in the second half way taylor just did not cool off and some of the threes that he hit well kudos to him because they were some incredibly tough shots but they executed down the stretch and you know i know in previous shows we had talked about hey jamal shed hasn't really necessarily been Sorry to cut you off, Andy, but those type of shots he made and the way he played, Houston doesn't really have a shot creator and a shot maker like that. The, uh, Jamal made a good step back three, but that was one of the one. That's not something that he can do consistently throughout a game. He might make it a, a, a couple times, but what was he two for three today? And it's about Jamal. It's about those timely points. I don't think he's not a high volume scorer, but I was waiting to see who's going to be the go to player when the game slows down and have Corset and look like it's going to be Jamal. Coach Sampson said post game that uh, he has to do a better job. He did not do a good job, good enough job down the stretch in play callings. So he took a lot of the blame on himself like I think you respect head coaches to do I'm not sure some of those shots the Cougs made the tip-ins they had five or six tip-ins ball just went to fall you know some of those LJ Cryer shots open shots missed they just rolled out on the other hand some rebounds at Houston and they just couldn't hit (laughs) on the other hand Wade Taylor the fourth made some tough ass shots he did coach Sampson said it he made some tough shots and kudos to him he made some tough shots and folks who didn't see it, I put it on threads and, and X, Musk, Wade Taylor the fourth was 0 for 9 from 3 on Sunday against Memphis. He was 6 for 12 today. So somewhere in between is his three-point shooting. He was nothing on Sunday, and he was awesome today against Houston. Cougs still find a way to win after the timeout. Man Sharp hit a clutch, clutch three. Kudos to Emmanuel stepping up because he had some shots roll out. Did not shake his confidence. He came through and then iced it with those free throws. I want to say this. Coach Sampton did say this. He minted it. Jamal Shed went for that three, went for that steal on inbounds unnecessarily. And then Wade hit another three. Mm-hmm. Let the that, three. You know, stuff like he didn't need a gamble for that. They were up five, displaced, tight defense. But hey, it happens. Coop still won. Get ready for the next game. That is a great point by Big Jack 512 on YouTube. The Aggies had 21 second chance points. Houston only had nine, which, again, that was another big difference in that second half. It seemed like a lot, not all, but a good amount of the 50-50 balls went in Texas A&M's favor, especially down that stretch when they did that rally. I also want to point out, it seems like there's a new feature from StreamYard, but Scott Doak. Joining us yes. from X, it's yeah, a new feature that, that. Yeah. that um, you know, StreamYard continues to add different stuff. So I just wanted to point out. But, uh, of course, we need to talk about the, the big headliner that came out of this game. And, unfortunately, it's very bad news. Um, Gian Cardinals touched on it. But Terrence Arsenal, uh, Kelvin Sampson said in the postgame press, correct, Chris suffered a torn Achilles and he will miss the remainder of the 2023-24 season. And, unfortunately, uh, uh, the brutal blow to Terrence Arsenal, obviously, just 
barely getting halfway into the sophomore season. So much uh, potential. And it, 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 what makes it even worse is that the last couple of games, you could kind of see him starting to put together consistent performances. And now a devastating injury like that, where it's a, it's a major setback at all. I mean, for us from the sidelines, all we can say is wish for him for a speedy recovery, but you just hate to see it. Like an injury like that, you never, you never count on it. And it's always unfortunate when it happens. It was, and, and Coach Sampson in his post game was talking about the game, and then he kind of just shifted gears and and he said the tone in his voice changed. I just feel bad for Terrence. I feel so bad for Terrence. Torn Achilles. He was playing well. Ninety rebounds in the last two games. Things were starting to click for him. Everything was going for him. And then he's off for the season. And that's pretty much what Coach said. How he said it. He was just. He feels really bad for Terrence. It's a tough injury, and it's at least a year recovery and really not a lot of players after Achilles tears don't it takes a second year for them to get back to their their previous form so it is a setback who's going to replace him who knows it could be Ramon Walker it could be Malik Wilson we'll have to wait and see they'll they'll work on it and and figure out what's best for the rotation and the and the team going forward but it's a tough injury and you know I had a picture of him in in the boot and it, it does look like an Achilles injury because he was no one's around him when it happened. And he hopped off the floor immediately and then was helped to the locker room. And all of us sitting at our media table kind of just like, yes, yeah, that's, that's a bad look. And then, you know, so we all thought it was going to be an Achilles and that's what it was. What Coach Sampson said so after the game. So gut wrenching. You feel um, for the kid, really, because you know how much hard work he's put in. Like Samson said, he's had been be, begun to stack together performances, and all you can say, hopefully, it's speedy recovery and uh, the process turns around. Now, when it comes to how Houston, the blow that it's going to, the impact of that loss, it's really it's you can't even put it into words because of how much he's kind of a utility man for Houston. He did so many different things. He played so many different. He wore so many different hats for the Cougars. You're not really going to be able to plug in one player and, and have him fill that role of Trent Russell, at least in my opinion. No, because he, he was starting to rebound better. He was starting to attack the basket off the dribble better. He's, his game was improving overall, you know, all-around games. So it's going to be – it's a tough blow for him, obviously, but for the team, it might take two people to fill – uh, to replace what he does on the court. We'll see. And Scott, thank you for posting on, letting us know <laughs> posts on Musk are now visible for us. Coach Sampson said it, that Javier Francis, he would like the bigs to dunk the ball. Don't put it down on the floor. Keep it up high and just dunk it. Want to keep Javier France, keep his confidence up because he's thinking too much sometimes in games and he gets down on himself more than the fans do. He's got to keep his confidence. It was good to see him get that dunk after he traveled on the previous possession, mm-hmm. which he had a dunk. So the team, his teammates still believe in him. So that's good. Just got to keep building him up because I, I said it before, he's only been playing ball for seven years. So that's that's not a long time if basketball is not your first sport. So just stick with him. And he's what the Cougs have right now. Coach Buzz said for the Aggies, said something kind of interesting. 
he said that they, the Aggies changed and went with a bigger lineup today, which was unusual for them because he wanted to really compete with the Cougs' physical nature. So he went with bigger players up front, three, four, and five. Utah may, may have been a taller front court, but they were nowhere as near as strong and physical as Aggies' front court. So Buzz said that this is one reason why they went big was to compete with the Cougs overall. And they did a hell of a job because it, it was physical. You could tell how really Texas A&M stepped up to the plate. And there are moments, like I said, that seemed like they were the aggressors over Houston in some stretches in that second half. So props to Texas A&M for giving Houston all they could handle and more. I do want to bring up this comment from Rex32. Chris, you were at Toyota Center. You can comment on this. The energy at the arena felt like a March Madness game from from television certainly sounded like it It was a dead even 50 50 split and there was just a lot of excitement and when the the minutes were ticking down towards the end of the second half and and joe mendez really kind of stole some of my thunder with his comment right after rex's salute to the cougar fans they showed up for the first game of a double hitter i walked around and saw a lot of cougar red in the building and they were there obviously for the second game so it was great to see cook fans at the game for both games and it was loud and, and the coop chants were good so it's excellent to see it's another example of the fan base for men's hoops growing and it's it's just a, it warms my heart because i remember those dark days and this was not the case so it was great to see and the Cougs will be back at the center next season coach Sampson's already said that mentioned it earlier this week and it was confirmed by one of the organizers promoters of today's event that is working on the opponent. And as a person told me, it'll be someone good for Houston. Competition wise, I said, okay, looking forward to it. And Dayon, I want to add on to what you said earlier. One of the things about Juwan Roberts had a career high seven assists. Coach Sampson mentioned they tweaked their offense to go through Juwan in that mid post and throw that cross court pass the screen, the screen having the open shooter, that was one of the wrinkles they added to the offense today. And it was great. You know, there was some question about some folks, whether Jawan would play with the knee swelling, all that. He was going to play. He was going to play. You know, he, yeah. he, he tried to practice and all that. He was going to play. So the, the warrior there he is, what he had? He almost had a triple-double, I think. Yeah, he had yeah, 10, 10 points, 11, and 7. rebounds and 7 yeah. assists. Yeah, he showed he did. He had a good game, a re, really a great game. Definitely with his playmaking, as many times where he he saw the rotation and he just made the extra pass. But the the the, the clutches play and the, the beautiful play is when they sagged off of him right. He caught it right there at the free throw line and he attacked the space and drew uh made the other defender reach in and kicked it to Emmanuel for three. I mean, yep. just plays like that and showing his playmaking ability because you need other playmakers, especially with Coach Sampson and seems like he's going to put the ball in Jamal's hands down the stretch and when the game slows down to have court and look for him to score and always with the option to pass. But some of that was four down, isolation, Jamal make a play, two score to shoot the ball. And we sometimes that's just get, get the ball on the rim to give us a chance to rebound it. But with having a chance and opportunity to have J1 as a playmaker in that mid post with the shooters on the outside, like LJ and the way Emmanuel shooting the ball, I think, it, I mean, it's going to be really good. I think, and it's going to, 
the, the philo- some philosophy is going to have to change a little bit with Terrence out because he was that four guard to come in when it's four guard lineup. And so uh, I think there a few players probably split those minutes. Maybe Ramon Walker, he can definitely come in and give that mm-hmm. can, um, help out with the rebounding for sure. And I think he's a really good slasher. And he he's in there to get to the free throw line. It seems like when he's in the game, one, a few things he's going to do. He's going to rebound. He's going to draw a charge and he's going to get to the free throw line. And I'd like to see the if we talked about it on like almost all of our shows, I'd like to see the Cougs go to one in the post, mid post more because opponents will have to make a choice. Either let him go to work one on one in the post that left that jump hook or double, and then he'll just kick it out to either across the court for an open shooter or have a the hockey assist. It's another wrinkle for Houston that I think they should utilize more for the rest of this season. On the topic of big men that had strong performances, Joseph Tugler, JoJo Tugler went in there. He had three blocks, still had three personal fouls. So it looks like consistently when he goes in the game, you know, he's going to be make his presence felt with a couple of hard fouls. But again, his athleticism was showcased. He had five rebounds as well. And he had a couple of key points. He did a good job running the floor. uh, Honestly, consistently, he has done this season. We had a couple of easy layups just by simply sprinting down the floor but his energy and he changed a couple of shots down the stretch throughout the game as well so he might be one of those players that with Arsenal's absence is asked to not only play more minutes obviously at the four but maybe relied upon a little bit more because it's going to be him Tugler and Francis that are really the only quote-unquote bigs that Houston have left I know they have Cedric Lott in as well but I don't think he's necessarily ready at this point for consistent minutes and JoJo, Coach Sampson mentioned this. He was a little bit out of position when they were on the high screens guarding Wade Taylor, which allowed Wade to split them a few times. So that's something he has to learn to do better defensively for positioning. But he's a freshman, so he'll, he'll make that adjustment. A lot of learning today. Coach Sampson, team did not play great. The Aggies didn't play great either. It was competitive, fun to, to see both teams going at it, competing. But there's a, enough for both coaches, staffs to take to, and learn uh, from this game to for them to get ready for a conference play in Big 12 and the SEC for the Aggies. Yeah, I think JoJo is a player whose role will grow even more and will be counted on even more. So I think it'll be even more apparent for him to stay out of foul trouble. And to me today, he looked comfortable out there. He didn't. It was. I don't really see many moments outside of some of that pick and roll coverage. And most of that's just a great player. Uh, with Taylor being able to have the ball handleability to get by him. And so I'm not really going to hold that against him. But other than that, um, I th- I think he, he looks comfortable. Uh, like you said, Andy, he's, a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet is him changing shots. Uh, one time he trying to get position, they push him out of bounds, he draws a foul. So he was out there and his presence was definitely felt. And so watching him, he looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged to physicality. He looked like he, he definitely looked apart. And so um, I think his role will go bigger. He seems to be getting more comfortable out there. The game might be slowing down for him a little bit more because 3,000, the way this, this physical game, you expect the rate he was playing after all this year, he would have fouled out. But 3,000 is good. <laughs> and with, with him, the way yeah. he has a physicality of that game, like he looked like the game was slowing down and he's getting more comfortable out there in this game. So I'm expecting him to, to get even better and better. Most and definitely. I want to touch quickly. on. Uh, uh, Damian Dunn. Go ahead. 
Andy. We'll, we'll get to Damian Dunn, but real quickly on a pause. Uh, thank each and every single one of you guys that are taking your time out of this Saturday afternoon, evening, as we get hit the 530 mark here on December 16th. Dang, it's already, but we're closer to 2024 now compared to the beginning of the month. But we have a good uh, amount of viewers now that we can actually see the tiny viewers that are on the X platform. So that's pretty cool. But those of you joining us live, and even if you're watching us the next day, whenever you may be watching this is let's rage cooks presented by the saxinian family let's rage cooks is the original unofficial houston post game show for each and every single houston cougars men's and football game men's basketball and football game and of course it is presented by the saxinian family we'd like to say thank you to steve saxinian for being the primary sponsor of each and every single regular season men's basketball show this year and of course we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode of let's rage cooks and that is star pizza with three locations across the houston area star pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game be sure to stop by any of their locations every tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet Star Pizza, as always, has had free delivery since 1976. Chris, we can go back because, uh, yes, we were ta- have to talk about Damian Dunn. Sammy Vienna mentioned that he says he needs to see more from Dunn, seems to still be searching for his role. That turnover down the stretch, that, that cannot happen. That's an inexcusable turnover of just, you know, not game awareness, uh, not being able to move uh, on the inbound in that, in that moment. And Coach Sampson, again, we got a smart audience. Coach mentioned that in both game. Everyone knows the particular possession timeout, it's a spot timeout. You cannot move. Damien had a brain cramp. Started moving, traveling violation or an inbounds violation, whatever the official term is. Could have been costly. Could have cost the game. Three turnovers for him in only 15 minutes. He's got to do better. I think he will. He's just, he's in his head too much right now. Coach Sampson had a lot of positive to say about him in our presser earlier this week. He's getting, he's practicing better. He just got to bring that stuff from practice into the game. I still believe in him. I think he's overthinking what to do rather than just reacting to the situation. I will say starting defensively with Damian Dunn, he, he, he got the system down. You're watching him. You can see him. He's pointing out. He's getting back, and he's attentive on the defensive end. But offensively, just watch him. It's- it's like he's adjusting to plan for Coach Sampson. It seems like he's thinking about making that mistake of getting pulled out instead of just hooping. And I think the more minutes he played, I think his minutes will go up even more now that Terrence is out for the season. I think he's another player who role will go over more. And now I think he know he'll know that he'll get for sure a certain amount of minutes a night. And I think w- with him, I think that would be even more better for him because he'll be able to get more in the rhythm and be able to get more shots. He he's a player you get him volume shots and he'll get you a, a lot of points. But I know that's not needed but on a game to game basis. Uh, there will be games in the half court. Houston will go to him and they'll feature him because he's having a good game. But I think with the way the season will go on from here on now, I expect him to play even better, his role to go more, him be set in the more and be knowing that he's going to be counted upon to produce. And I think that's a that's a whole different mindset from being like, I know I'm a play, but now I'm looking on my shoulder. If I make a mistake, I'm going to get pulled out and I'm going to play an excellent. I think his, his best is coming. And, and, and let me say this, you know, t- folks, saying that they are disappointed in him. Damien, the program he came from is different than the program LJ Cry came from. Okay? 
It's night and day difference. It's night and day difference. There's, there's a whole nother level of basketball between Baylor and Temple. So it's taken longer for an adjustment. Damien has not forgotten how to play basketball, but this is different. Temple basketball is different than Houston basketball. So everybody don't, you know, don't panic. He still has plenty of time to play well, and I believe he will the rest of this season. It's certainly when you're thinking about You know, candidates. they're struggling, and he's 11-0. The team's 11-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what I was going to say, so it's certainly when you talk about candidates to potentially fill the void for Terrence Arsenal, um, he is certainly at the top of the list to be able to really find really find a rhythm, find confidence, like you mentioned, Chris, and being able to see much more of the player that we saw against or we saw when he was with Temple against Houston. Um, a couple other noteworthy things to point out in this game. Houston had only only 11 turnovers against AM. They had 10 blocks again. Now, we talked about Jojo Tugler, but Javier Francis had three blocks in it in by himself as well. And just top to bottom, Jamal rebounding margin. <laughs> yeah, Jamal Shedd had two. You know what? I think I know we kind of mentioned it, but he had I, the most impressive block on yes. a jump shot. That was so imp- Jamal is the best defensive player in college basketball on ball defender. He's the best because some of those plays and he made it tough. I know Taylor had what he had, but some of that was off pick and roll. It wasn't just he beating Jamal on that. On those isolation plays, a lot of Jamal got the best time and was stealing it. Jamal was Jamal is a, an elite defender, one thousand percent. Sorry, I couldn't agree more. No, I couldn't agree more. We were literally about to say the same thing. And we just got to look at that last play um, when uh, he took a three. Jamal Shedd guarded him one on one, didn't let him go anywhere. He didn't. He went left, he went east to west, didn't go north south, settled for a tough fadeaway step back, and it didn't fall through. So, absolutely. Now, Texas AM ended up getting the offensive rebound. They, they had a chance to tie. Free throw didn't go, but Jamal Shedd, you couldn't have asked for any better defense on that second-last possession. Uh, Chris, Celtic Nation asked, were the rules on medical red shirts for Terrence Arsenal? And correct me if I'm wrong, is it still where it's 30, 33% of a season for a player? It's roughly six games. So, oh, roughly so he's six games. way, way so, past. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he can't get this back for medical redshirt. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But oh, unless well, it's changed and who knows what way NCAA rules seem to be changing. Yes, <laughs> I don't believe he gets his medical redshirt back yet. So. Before I go, I just want to say um, great game. Appreciate everyone who's tuned in. I think the numbers are continuously to come right now. And, uh, man, great game. Great win for Houston. Their defense is something to be reckoned with. Can't wait till they continue the season. Big 12 play. Prayers for Terrence and his family. I know he's going to come back a 1,000% better, and it's going to take time. But sad for him because he was just hitting his stride. But it's, it's God's plan, and so prayers for him and his family. Must always go Cougs. Take care, man. You didn't have said better, Dan. And Andy, I want to say this as as much. <laughs> I've said it a few times on social media. Thank you to the folks who recognized me at the game today and gave us our props for watching this show and our shows. It's much appreciated. And don't be a stranger. We, we still got more content coming. 
Can't say it better. Can't say it better. It's always an awesome moment to be able to just get pulled aside and see, you know, it, people do watch. It does make a difference. And at the end of the day, this is space for all Cougs fans to be able to talk. And, um, well, with the men's basketball team, it more, more often than not is celebrate a win. And obviously we saw the other side of the spectrum, also an opportunity just to have discourse and talk about the uh, Houston Cougars game that just happened. Shout out to I-7791. He says, great show as always. Keep grinding. Um, Joe Mendes said on a different note, he said that Doug Belk will be the uh, USC's uh, defensive is that, coordinator. Is that true? <laughs> well, well okay. yeah, let, me, let, me, let me do well, some digging about that. Um, but I, I on the Celsius, top... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's the last comments make. It's funny. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't be. Yep. Yeah, indeed. According to 247 Sports with Matt, Matt, some guy, national college football writer named Matt Zenitz reported the USC is expected to hire Doug Bulk as defensive backs coach. So not defensive okay. coordinator, defensive backs coach. Okay. So, but yeah, he is heading to USC to, to, um, to coach a defense. So, under, I mean, at the end of the day, best, best wishes to him and hopefully he's able to find his stride. Um, Celtic Nation, there have been a lot of football commitments coming honestly even during the course of the men's basketball game um cell ten ten or cell tension uh, kind of throwing shade at the previous admin i thought this wasn't supposed to happen these days but there are most definitely still well, a lot of yeah, high school I, commitments I, I, I thought the uh recruiting for the class of 24 was was over right that ship had sailed in that what we heard we were told it was a famous comment that according to the chronicle was one of the final nails in that coffin so well, good, good to see for Houston being able to get high school uh, commitments and, and really, again, trying to turn the tide around that program. When it comes to this program, the men's basketball program, Chris, we talked about it with Dayon before you, you hopped on. Um, UH Cook Nation talked about Ramon Walker. Ramon Walker did not play more than six games in last season, correct? Or it was like on he, the ball. He got a red shirt. He got a red shirt. Yep. Yes. Um but I'm trying to remember. He didn't. He pl- he played in around six, seven games. Well, but his case was a medical red shirt is different. Number, you know. So, and his well, his situation was different. Let's put it like that <clears throat> for a red shirt. Gotcha. Noted. Well, but but what I was gonna say in terms of how this game turned out between Houston, Texas A and M, obviously this is the the closest game that Houston has been in this season, eleven games into the year. A great challenge, specifically when it came to adversity that had to face. Um, we mentioned a comment earlier where it had the feel of an NCAA tournament game, a great test, honestly, with just about two, two and a half weeks until Big 12 conference play starts for the Houston Cougars, where most definitely there's going to be a lot of games that go down the wire like this, and Houston's going to have to find ways to pull out close and honestly scrappy victories like this one was against the Aggies. How do you feel the Cougars did in this really first test so far this season? We talked about Emmanuel Sharp, we talked about Jamal Shedd, how they came up big down the stretch, but they were able to make enough plays to come over to win, and even uh, defensively, I think I think exposed not my, my was not the right word, but there are a couple areas here and there where some little things that Houston has to improve on, specifically when it comes to late game rebound. Even though, um, like we mentioned, Jamal Shedd played great defense on Taylor on that, basically really the last offensive play that A and M had. Aggies did get the offensive rebound if they make those both free throws. It's a tied game, 68-68 down the stretch, and who knows what happens after that? Yeah, the Cougs did some things. Kudos 
to the Aggies for crashing the boards down the stretch. I think uh, Javier had had four fouls. He was kind of tentative on that last possession. He's ready to foul out, which, I, you know, hey, man, get the rebound, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But he's got he's to do a better job down the stretch being more physical. I'm going to say this because Coach Gavi Lewis said this. There's probably a clip of it, audio, video, whatever. One of the things Coach Lewis told his big men years ago, and I think Javier needs to adopt it. When you get around the rim, just dunk the doggone thing. <laughs> just dunk the ball. Coach Lewis said something a little different. He didn't swear, but he said, you know, in this country slang, just dunk, dunk the doggone thing. Something like that. Don't worry about dribbling. Don't worry about, you know, if you got to take a pivot. Whatever. Just dunk it. Same for JoJo. Just dunk the basketball. Physicality, the Aggies crashed the boards. Cougs, you saw some things that could be problematic down the stretch, but in terms of Big 12 play, we've said it, and you've said it, the Cougs will lose games in Big 12 this season. Okay? They will not go undefeated. They might play great, shoot great in a game or two and still lose in the Big 12 because that's Big 12 basketball. The Aggies needed this game. They're coming off a home loss to Memphis. They were kind of just going through the motions on Sunday. You know, they were just not really fired up and focused and locked in. When they got down 21 today, they seemed to just hit a switch. And Wade Taylor said, as Coach Sampson said, Coach Buzz, just, he did a smart thing. He stopped calling plays because we shut that stuff down. He just said, Wade, Go be a hero. And Wade Taylor was a hero, you know. So he got going, hit some tough, tough shots. And it's the beauty and the curse of college basketball. Andy, you know, I've said it a while. It only takes one time to lose in the tournament, and that's it. It, only takes it just one takes one player, player to get hot. hot. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, just one player. Then seemed like uh, flashbacks to last year's Sweet 16 game with Nigel Pack burying threes yeah. <laughs> left and right, off the screens, off the dribble, you name it. Honestly, this game had a similar feel to not, not necessarily that Miami game, but it was much more the – a regular season game against Alabama, where, again, similar position. Houston built a relatively comfortable double-digit lead, and then second half, kind of a tell of uh, a different story in which the Crimson Tide caught fire, and Houston kind of maybe necessarily didn't execute the best way possible. And in that game, the Crimson Tide were able to make enough plays down the stretch to walk away with the victory in this game. Houston was able to make just enough plays to hang on to the victory. So, yeah, absolutely, to your point, that's just college basketball. You never know. Even in from half to half, things can change. A player could catch fire. Uh, you never know what momentum play can light a spark. And it's it's the beauty and it's the curse of why college basketball is honestly, there, there's not any other sport that matches when it comes to excitement about really on any given day, any given half, anything can happen. And, you know, you, you live on and you move on. There's nothing much like it. And it's one thing I do think that's different about this year's Cougs is I think they would have lost this game last year. Emmanuel Shop, another year under his belt in the program. He took that three, no hesitation, clutch, swish. The last 30 seconds was really good execution for Houston after the game was tied. You know, Jamal Shedd gambling for the steal and missing 
kept the Aggies in it and gave the Aggies a, a chance. They were up five. Cougars are up five. Yeah. 68-63. Jamal doesn't gamble and just plays good defense. Wade Taylor may not have a chance to take that shot. You know, mm-hmm. misses that shot. So, hey. But it all, it's a good win. The Aggies were ranked 23rd in the net rankings, so it's a, a another wow. Q1 win for, for the Cougs. It's all that matters. And uh, with that being said, there are only two non-conference games on the schedule. The next one coming this Thursday at home against Texas State. What um, can Houston expect from uh, Texas State, Chris? It's all about what the Cougs do and how they adjust to game one without Terrence Arsenal. I haven't seen much on Texas State this season to give them giving a scouting report on them. But I'd like to see the Cougs continue to go to Juwan Roberts in the post, the mid-post, draw double teams, kickouts to open three-point shooters. I think zone defenses continue to give the Cougs issues. Because yeah, they, Texas they, A&M, did A&M go into a bit of a 3-2 zone? When yeah, it was, when it was like a junk, a junk defense. Uh, Coach Buzz Williams did not describe what it was. He was asked <laughs> about the changes he made. In the second half, he wouldn't get into specifics, but the Aggies kind of had a, a junk defense. And the Cougs, they stopped moving the ball. They got stagnant offensively, laying the shot clock. It's just best, in my opinion. Just continue your offense, tweak it here and there, but be aggressive and attack. And you can set high picks for zone defenses and, and get open shots. Just another thing to learn going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely an interesting defense that the Aggies were playing, and it even looked like in stretches it might have even been one three one. So, again, kudos to Texas A&M because they they did dig deep and they found some momentum, some fire, and they rallied back and gave Houston a big scare. I do want to bring up Joe Mendez's comment. Reportedly, it seems like Case Keenum's going to be starting for the Texans tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans. So, obviously, of course, the UH alum in Case Keenum gets another chance to start for the hometown team in a, in a pretty big game for the Texans, by the way. They come out vict- victorious, led by Keenum. They need that for any playoff aspirations they have. H-Town, Big Dob says J- Jawan Roberts definitely needs to be more aggressive. And we shall see, Chris. Like we, Going back to last season, you've been a constant, constant message about um, getting him more involved touches in the post. I don't necessarily think it's more about him being aggressive, much more just so getting, getting more opportunities. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see him get more touches in the post. But aggressive, I'm kind of back 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 away from it because his knee is bothering him. Okay, we don't know how serious it is, how severe it is. So they that may limit his explosiveness and things like that, offensively, defensively. But today, despite missing most of practice this week, he still had what 10 points. 11 rebounds and seven assists. Seven assists were a career high. So that's the reason why I like to see the offense run through him more to draw double teams from the defense and to get kickouts for open looks for your shooters like Emmanuel Sharp and LJ Cryer. One of the big reasons why that knee's been bothering him has been due to swelling, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's obviously always a. And it's a had, to, it's had to have been drained a few times. So that lets you know that it, it's an issue. Yeah, that's definitely something to to keep an eye on. And I mean, depending on the severity, it might be something that he has to handle the moment the Houston's regular season's over. 
right? And he he may have to miss practices a lot, you know, for the rest of the season to limit the swelling in the knee, but be ready for the games. So, and he's been around so long, you know, he doesn't need to practice that much, except maybe conditioning kind of things. He knows the offense and the defense, all that. So, you know. Absolutely. But um, I'm pretty much going to wrap things down for today's episode of Let's Reach Cougs. Again, we'd like to say thank you to each and every single one of you that has taken the time here on this Saturday evening slash late afternoon to watch this episode of Let's Reach Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. As always, thank you to Steve Saxonian for being the primary sponsor for not only this episode of Let's Reach Cougs, but every regular season men's basketball postgame show of LRC. Of course, our secondary sponsor today in Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. Uh, oh, wow. We have a Memphis Tiger fan that wandered into the the YouTube. Um, he, he must miss us. Living in the head, rent-free. Thank you, Eric. Eric Gilliam, appreciate I, it. I chimed in with the comment. And we appreciate all viewers, regardless of what you have to say. But uh, as always, people can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Most importantly, if you are new to either the Houston Rombar Review or the Podslam Ajama YouTube channel, or even now if you're new to the X channel, which we can see there are currently a handful of viewers still on Elon's platform, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button on your respective channels, and be sure to give this video a like. And if you're listening to the audio only, we appreciate you guys as well. Once again, the final score from the Toyota Center, which was today, uh, on the uh, t- the regional MT that involved the school from Austin, the state school from Louisiana, and the school from College Station, of course, the University of Houston. Cougars, the Cougars come out victorious 70 to 66. And Chris, the floor is yours, sir. Where can people find you? Thank you, Andy. Follow me on, on the platforms, Houston Round Bar View on Threads, TikTok, Instagram, Spoutable. Thank you again for all the comments and the viewers. We appreciate it. Stick with us, with us through this season and future seasons. We really do appreciate it. And been around since long as Mr. Yana has been on this earth. The Houston Round Bar Review <laughs> since 1994, local name, global perspective. Chris, you, you say that, and then the kids I teach say that I'm old. I have to explain what this means to them. <laughs> they, they didn't know what this meant, but I digress. Time is relative. Uh, thank you again for each and every single one of you guys. Thanks, uh, Dan, of course, for jumping on uh, for the early portions of the show. Uh, we'll fill in for Dan, as always. Go Cougs, and we'll be back on Thursday for postgame as Houston takes on Texas State on uh, from Fertitta Center for the second-to-last non-conference game of the season. Once again, the final score, Houston wins 70-66 to over Texas A&M, and they are now 11-0 to begin the 2023-24 season.